Hey fellow tennis nerds, today I'm here with Alex Chan. You might have seen him, probably you have on Instagram. He creates some excellent, engaging, informational content about tennis. He's been in the tennis game for a long time, 13 years working for the USTA. He's been working as a coach. He's been stringing for a long time, so that's also interesting. He has loads of rackets on his walls. He works with lots of different brands. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk to him today about tennis, all things tennis. So how are you today, Alex? Hey, I'm doing great after coming back from a Thanksgiving break on my end. So I feel very refreshed for this week. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, what did you eat? What did I eat? Is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, we had turkey, the classic, and then yeah. we had a mixture of you know, Chinese food as well, just a mixture of culture. Uh, but no, it was, we ate a lot. We ate turkey for like, I think, three or four days in, in a row. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit of Thanksgiving. I, I know it well, pretty. I, I lived in the States a few, oh, kind okay. of 20 years back. So it's so you're going to go go on the tennis court today, or what's the plan? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be out there uh, in the afternoon. I, I do some uh, some lessons uh, with some, some local kids uh, in this area. So I'll do that. I know it's a little bit chilly this week. It's, uh, it's like 40, 40 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, I guess, here. I'm yeah. not sure what side of Celsius, but yeah, it's getting yeah, it's chilly. It's pretty chilly, pretty cold, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but it, it is how it is. Um, as long as sunny is fine, make it work. Yeah, exactly. The sun makes a big difference, right? So <clears throat> you coach all year round, or, or what's the, the deal there? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it kind of just happened uh, this past. Uh, I moved to a relatively new area a, a year and a half ago, and then uh, I, I guess there was some word of mouth that I was around, and people were like, "Oh, you're looking for for uh, for coaches." So I was like, "Okay, I am certified. I guess I can do some of this uh, during my uh, you know, my, my free time." And then it kind of built from there. So now I I do like I do lessons like essentially every day of the week at this point. I probably should actually uh, slow down because I do have a full time job as well. But I like I just like doing it because you know I'm helping out the kids out here. I mostly work with like beginner to intermediate players that are trying to get into a high school team. And in my area in particular, it's it's actually very competitive to get on the high school team. So um, yeah, I'm just trying to help them out the best I can. That's fun if you have a competitive area because like you're you you're I'm always wondering about tennis how it's doing. I mean in the US you always hear about like the pickleball wars and stuff like that, sure. you know. And sure. so how is it in your region? Is tennis still thriving? Is it doing well? Yeah. So um, for those that are not familiar, I'm I'm based out of the the DC uh, metro area. So I'm in Maryland, uh, Montgomery County in particular. So I would say over here it's uh, pretty healthy as far as like tennis and pickleball. Obviously, there's there's, there's very uh, popular recently pickleball, um, but we still have a big uh, population of tennis players as well. So I would say I mean I, I do sometimes have a hard time getting courts uh, out here. Uh, I just mostly use like some public courts here and there. Uh, but it, it, yeah, it's still pretty uh, busy over here. We have a, a lot of uh, great tennis groups in this area. Um, there's a lot of tennis history in this area as well. So um, I'd say it's pretty healthy in this particular area. <laughs> so. That's great. Yeah, it, it's how it should be. It's sports, right? So we're mm -hmm. all happy if people are moving and, and enjoying themselves on, a, on any kind of court, really. That's my, my perspective about it. Uh, yeah, so kind of D.C. area. I mean, I lived in D.C. 20 years ago. I lived oh, in Oregon, okay. though, so in the Virginia okay, side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, tennis is pretty popular over there, for sure. And also pickleball. I've heard some things, but yeah, definitely both sports are very popular over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, no, that's a good, pretty good tennis area. I wasn't playing much tennis. I was working as a as a journalist uh, and studying, oh. so it was, was more my gig then. But got back into tennis as well. Uh, for your own playing, that do you play any tournaments or anything, or is it more like you get into coaching? Yeah, I. I so I would describe myself as a uh, an out of shape a four point uh, NTRP uh, player. Um, I. I, I mean, I play for fun nowadays, like recreationally. In the past, I used to do some leagues. I did some, like, just some local tournaments. But it was never really a main part of my tennis life, I would say. Um, like, in college, uh, I started a, a club tennis program at my at my school. And, you know, although I did play, I mostly got a lot of enjoyment from uh, being able to organize like my team and the players to get them involved and have them play it out the, the matches while I support the sidelines <laughs> and, and all that. So I've always been kind of more like an organizer in the community space in tennis. And that's that kind of how it ended up evolving, uh, evolving into my uh, career later on. I, I was, I worked at, as you mentioned, I worked at uh, USTA for 13 years. Um, I just I left recently in January, but during those 13 years, I was primarily working with uh, grassroots and community tennis. So helping out with, um, for example, like parks and recs or uh, schools, tennis, a lot of like a lot of them are very much more beginner stages. Uh, but that's how I build the base of tennis players in our area. So 
um, I always got a lot of enjoyment of just introducing introducing the sport to new people that are that are getting to the game. Yeah, yeah that, that's one of the most important things because I think like the way you see tennis compared to newer sports, at least newer growing sports like pickleball and in Europe, we have a lot of paddle. I, you're getting it like, or whatever you pronounce it, paddle, but mm -hmm. you have it in the US now and it's growing a little bit, picking up speed is that those sports are a little bit easier to get into. So sure. like that first, yeah. you know, period when you're picking up the racket, that's the, the most challenging one, right? You make a good point there. So that's uh, for yeah, past 13, 13 years, a lot of it was me kind of explaining to uh, or not say explain, but showing people that tennis is more accessible than they think it, it is. I, I know that like, there's sometimes we say that tennis is. I guess, you hear, I guess two sides. Some people like they're, they're just no, have no knowledge. They say, "Oh, tennis is, is easy," and then some people say, "Oh, tennis is is too hard." Um, but there is, I think there's a you know obviously there's a, there's a middle uh, middle spot that we can kind of agree on there. Uh, so I, oftentimes, I when I teach uh, tennis to new people. Oftentimes I use like the the, uh, the youth equipment that we have, like the, the red felt balls and stuff. And then they realize, oh, it's actually not that bad. I kind of learn, like, have them learn the fundamentals. I would say that one thing I do I wish that we could have done better in tennis was we, we should have been able to take that concept and really kind of show like, okay, adults can use the same, like these balls to play on like the shorter courts and they can be, they can be having fun and like immediately start playing sort of like what pickleball is doing right now, where they can show like other people can just jump on a court and, immediately play uh we, we we probably could have done a better job at doing that on our end as well um but uh there's definitely a, a lot of options out there um and I'm, just, I'm just happy that people are playing like, rec like racket sports in general and hopefully some that just kind of support one another uh in the, in the long run so uh but yeah i, I just i do wish I, we could have done a better job at getting tennis more uh available to the, the community as, as a whole in the, in the states yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that green ball thing uh, where you actually like you either shrink the court or both mm -hmm. use such a, a lighter, you know, ball that doesn't require as much force sure. and make sure that they get rackets that are not going to hurt their arm, you know, lighter, easier rackets to play with. Uh, you're going to, you know, put the bar down quite a lot, you know, and, sure. and they're going to engage more with it. This is how, you know, pickleball is. We just get a, you know, you put a, a bat in someone's hand and they can actually play straight away. While tennis needs a lot of mechanics, which is also nice in the long run because it's like a you know you have a whole lifetime of of improving or growing with the game but that first you know now that everybody has the attention span of goldfish like you need to sure. catch them earlier right so exactly. i think that that makes sense exactly exactly yeah that was a problem at my uh you know my role at the usa just kind of making sure we get that out there and hope, hopefully get them to continue playing and make them not, not scared off from the sport so i thought we, we did a pretty good job in our in our region in our area but Obviously, it's always a you know. There's always more to it that can be done, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, but I'm sure you did, did a great job. So, how was working with the USTA for so long, and now, like, you know, now you're not in tennis anymore, or you were still working in the tennis industry? So, I mean, I got into so specifically, I worked at the USTA mid Atlantic, mid -Atlantic section. Um, so uh, I was at the section level, not the national level. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it, it was just a great experience. Um, you know, but I, said, I was there for 13 years, and I was just thinking, oh, maybe I want to try something different. Uh, but I still want to be involved in tennis in some way. So I did change careers, but I'm very much involved in tennis currently. Even in some ways, even more so. So ever since I, uh, you know, I, I left, uh, I, I did more coaching. I did. Um, I've, I've done more streaming coaching, but also more on the social media side. I've done a much more. Um, so I, I started an LLC recently for uh, essentially for my social media business where, yeah, I, I, I mean, we talk more, more about it later on, but essentially, yeah, I've been doing a lot more uh, brand partnerships this past year in the tennis space. So um, I've been doing that. And then I've been also helping out with uh, like different uh, tennis creators and like smaller uh, tennis brands, help them uh, build a better, stronger like, social media presence and how to navigate those conversations that people have between like brands and the creators and vice versa. So I've been doing a lot of that um, as part of my 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 get my tennis side gig nowadays. Uh, so I'm still very much involved in tennis. Long story short, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also I feel that sometimes when you work with something you're very passionate about, and I mean like a full time thing with it's your USTA thing, you kind of diminish sometimes the hobby aspect or the passion aspect because you feel like you're this, you know, you're you're you know what's your hobby becomes your work, and then it's not as much your passion anymore right like it changes a bit now maybe you can be more passionate about the social media side because yeah. you have a normal day job that is not involved in tennis so you can actually be more involved in tennis yeah. from your passion point of view right yep that's exactly how i feel and, and uh, with that all said i still support uh, usta um i mean i've done i've done some brand partnerships with my, my local section 
recently, and uh, I'm sure that down the down the road, I'll probably would want to go on uh, like join like a committee or like a volunteer committee for USTA and just continue to help out in whatever way I can in this different role of mine. So, yeah, so they're yeah very much involved still. And it's good. Like I mean, it's, it's tough. I think these days people are not. I mean, I I grew up when everybody was kind of involved in some sport or in some kind of grassroots organization. But it feels like it diminished a bit over the years. That people like it's too busy, life's too hectic. You know, kids, whatever. And and people are not like so much in grassroots involvement. They just like, hey, I need to chase money, <laughs> right? So it's like that. That's changed a bit. So it's always nice when you hear people who are who are want to help out in the activity they like, whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah, grassroots programs like there. I mean, the people that that are involved, they they, they are very like, they're, they're amazing. I mean, I, I want to you know support them. I mean, while we're working yesterday, we you know we, we provided like grant support, but also some like educational support and whatever way we can. But these people are, are the best. Uh, that without them, like just like our sports wouldn't be growing as much as as it could be. So. Um, yeah, I feel like they they are underrated. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not biased because I was, I was working in the in the in the community space the whole time. But I feel like yeah, there's not enough attention drawn to the uh, people that are out there every day that are really providing like tennis to the community. It's just uh, uh, it, it's just it's an important thing that people just don't forget <laughs> that it's there. It's a lot. Yeah, more. yeah. For, for sure. So how is it working in, in your new kind of, you know, um, experience with brands? You know, like you're working with different brands. Sure. They have different creative requirements or different tasks? Like, do you find it just, just fun or do you find some challenging aspects of it? Like, well, what is your, your feeling around that? Yeah. Uh, ooh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of direction I can kind of go on on this. Uh, I guess I can start uh, at the beginning when I first started uh, making content on, on Instagram uh, in, the, in the tennis world. You know, I was doing it for fun. And then, you know, I started getting contact with, with uh, different, mostly was at times smaller brands that, oh, like, um, uh, we kind of work out a deal where it was mostly like a gifted collaboration where they might send me something and I'll, I'll make some posts either like um, uh, that you dedicated to that product or it's just like more like integrated where it's like more like product placement. Uh, so I was doing that for a little bit. And then uh, in 2020, I got, had a little more time and then I got more into uh, content creation. I, I started um, building more relationship with different brands. I got very lucky with uh, uh, forming a a relationship with uh, Wilson Tennis for a while. So for a couple of years, I was a, uh, a social um, media ambassador with them. So we did uh, a lot of uh, campaigns. Uh, hence why I have all these rackets on my on my back. Like uh, they they, get, they send over a, a lot of great stuff. Um, so I was doing that for a while. And then this past year, I started doing. I kind of I started. Uh, I guess uh, widening my uh, my pool of brands. I started re- reaching out to different uh, different ones and uh, created a mutually benefit beneficiary um, relationship with them where for, for example one is a uh, Oliver sports uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them but they, they are a, um, a I would say like, they're more like popular in the United States because that's really the base out of um, I helped them with uh, some campaigns throughout the year they're, they're like my long-term partnership for this year uh, so I help create um, some organic content for them but I also create uh, like whitelist ads for them where they could are you familiar with whitelist ads um, yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Like for people that, that listen, I mean, I, 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 I ask that question because a lot of people don't know what that means. <laughs> so I ask like other creators, like, what's a whitelist ad? Uh, but yeah, like the, basically, essentially, they, they would um, put out ad where it looks like a term from me, but uh, it, but they're actually the one that's putting it out there. And it's, it's been, it seems like it's been pretty effective for them. It has generated a lot more um, click-throughs and um, uh, just just return investment on on those type of ads that made more uh, relatable to people that are watching it. Uh, so I start you know, start doing that, and then I, I continue to work with different brands um, as they come up. Uh, you know, of course, like I ideally want long term relationship with, with brands because it kind of shows more that it's, it's more authentic if I'm really if I truly um, using them uh, their products you know regularly. And that's and that's how I am all the time anyway with, with any brands. Like if I'm not gonna work for a brand if I don't believe in them or I don't think that they can benefit my audience in some way. So I, I definitely have turned down a lot of like collaborations where um, maybe even they were willing to pay me, I was like, uh, I don't think this will fit my, my particular audience or I don't think I'm the best person to do this, but maybe uh, this other creator might be a good one. So I've done a lot of that this past year. It's like kind of connecting other creators to brands that might be a good fit. I, I think some people would think it's like a, uh, like they, think they see other creators in their space like, as competitors, but I don't necessarily see that. I just, I see it as we're, we're lifting the tide for all, you know, all boats will rise. Uh, that phrase so that we help everyone else out it just grows everyone um so yeah that's how i kind of see things
Yeah, same. I mean, like, so part of a lot of things is, is like the, your philosophy in life in general. So if you're like, I mean, if you're spreading good karma, whatever you want to call it, like by doing mm -hmm. good deeds or, or by like, you know, you do your thing, doesn't mean you're detracting from someone else. This just yep. means like that exactly. you're showing that this is a way. And the, for example, working with brands, if they see that brand collaborations work or other people do it, they are more open to maybe working with other collaborators as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's like, a, it's a good thing, right? That's how you have to see. It. Exactly. I mean, a lot of it is just like, Go back to educating uh, to a lot of brands that uh, from like smaller brands to big brands they don't fully like understand the uh, the landscape of social media. Which, in all fairness, it is very confusing because it's constantly changing every year, and you know each um, uh, what's called platform is also has its own like differences. <laughs> so like something that could work on TikTok obviously won't may not work on Instagram and, and vice versa. So it's, it constantly evolves. So I. I that's, I would say that's probably one of my bigger, I guess, hobbies too. Is like I, I tend to, I like to stay on top of those, uh, those latest trends in social, the social media world, um, and then share that with like uh, my my other tense creators and and so forth. So like, oh, hey, here, here's something that you should, you should try, or here's something to consider. Or here's something like you know, if a brand asks you to do this, like you should probably ask for more in return. <laughs> I think a lot of times, intentionally or not, like. Like some, a lot of creators get uh, taken advantage of for the amount of work that they actually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Like it, it's, it's all that work. So it's like you should be paid or compensated well for the work that you put in because they're getting the brands getting a lot from it too. So you all should get something from it too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a it's sorry to interrupt, but I think it's a funny thing with um with i mean brands obviously they're they're corporations so they know what they're doing they're like okay we have this kind of budget we're going to ask creators obviously they want to lowball the people they can like i mean no no brand wants to be a donation service of any kind right sure. but but i think people who work with their passion sometimes can be more you know they just like allow a little bit of a lower price or just like right. they, they're easy to work with because they love their you know tennis in this case right but it could right. be anything else so it's easier for the brands then to go and be like, hey, you know, you, you we can offer this and 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 they will be happy to accept because it's their passion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, a, it's it's good that you're you're spreading that because I think also the what I noticed like I worked in marketing for twenty years, so I what I've seen it from the other side and from this side as well as a creator, and it's like um, the brands in tennis I feel are more cheapskates than in other uh, industries. Uh, uh, <laughs> you said you said that. yeah 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 I I've noticed that trend as well as well yeah. Yeah, and I, I work with a lot of different brands in different aspects. Like, I mean, for reviewing gear, it's it's a lot like I'm I'm you know objective in my my best best way of doing so. But it's still like I'm I notice that they like oh we send you a free uh, racket or this now now you should be happy forever. I'm like well the racket is like fifty euros. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Sure. Yeah, so it's it, it's quite interesting. Like that. Uh, while I know some people are very like more business savvy in terms of social media, like uh, Felix from Tennis yeah. Brothers, for example, we had a long yeah. conversation sure. about that because he's very much, his father is like a CMO as, as well. So it's like he's, he, he knows his value, which I think is refreshing in a sense because it's tough, you know, these brands, you know, you're happy to work with someone, but the brands all, all like to take advantage of, of course, that <laughs> people are happy. Right, right. And it, it, is, it is difficult to navigate that because not, not all creators are business-minded. Um, and even then, like it, it is, there's a lot to kind of keep track of. There's a lot of, uh, um, it's not an exact science. <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe like every brand created relationship is a little bit different depending on the deliverables that they have. And then like, like people always ask like, what's, you know, what's your rates, what's your this, but it really depends on so many factors and, and it, it can change by brand to brand. So I can see why it's, why it would confuse people. And I, I try to give some brands like a, you know, a benefit of a doubt that they, they're also are not as familiar with that as well. And they kind of say, Oh yeah, we it goes back to what you said earlier. Like if they, Maybe for a while it, it worked out where like okay they give they they give to people stuff in return they you know they, 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 gotta, they got this or that and maybe work for a little bit um, but so part of it is just kind of educating those brands I, mean, I talked to some brand where like yes you could like gift someone an item and then hope that they make some good content um, or you can establish like a, a strong relationship with these uh, creators where you set maybe some guidelines but then they they, they do some things that help you. Like better uh, as far as like uh, like putting out the right information and so forth. Uh, there's a higher higher quality assurance there too, uh, and that'll be worth uh, you know paying you know x amount um, to get that because uh, it works out for everybody. Um, so just just been a lot of that type of educating uh, you know throughout the year. Um, 
I, I, you know, I, besides just working in the, in the tennis world, I, I do kind of talk to like other creators outside of the tennis space and to make sure like, am I, am I saying the correct things? And yeah, I, it, that does seem to be, there's, a, there's some patterns that definitely emerges. Uh, but the, one of, one of the patterns that, that unfortunately emerged for tennis creators is that, yeah, ten, generally speaking, we tend to get more low ball, a uh, low ball than other, um, than other uh, niches that are out there. But I, I also say, tell people that, Hey, uh, there's only like, there's not, there's not like infinite number of tennis creators that are out there that that can do good work. So you also have a lot that you can offer to these brands. That's a, there's only so many people that work. So uh, like I think kind of doing people's confidence, like, hey, you, you actually do have more to get, or yet you have a lot of worth than you, than you think you do. So and you just make sure like you kind of educate these brands and make sure that they, they understand like what are they actually getting uh, is actually very valuable uh, for them and that they should, you know, feel like they should feel like uh yeah it's actually a, a great deal working with you even if they they paid a little more than they they thought they would um they still get back a lot uh, in return so yeah, yeah that's not how your how, how yours experience has been but i'm sure you've been pretty good uh i mean you, you, you've been you seem to be very successful <laughs> so i thought you have to navigate those conversations a lot throughout the throughout your tennis career too right yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Like, I mean, because um, I'm a bit on the other side, but I also like, you know, I, I like to give as much value as possible. And then hopefully yeah. it means like it's a long term relationship. I haven't done a lot of like brand deals because I, I have the website that's kind of rolling on pretty, pretty well. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like, but it's a tricky, tricky one because like you get contacted all the time and you need to kind of obviously protect your own personal brand. I think it's always important. I'm, I'm a bit of a too much with that sometimes maybe like oh i say no to everything because <laughs> i'm just like oh, i don't want to i just feel like I, I get sometimes like if i get like um a4 with we want this in something i'm like oh no 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 i don't want to <laughs> i just want my creative freedom for everything but that that's that's just how i work but it, it's not sometimes sustainable to keep doing that all the time as well but it, it's, it's an interesting like back and forth when you're dealing with this kind of emerging space of social media creators and like you said, all the different medias are moving in different directions and different speeds all the time. So TikTok, mm -hmm. I don't understand how TikTok works <laughs> at all. Uh, Instagram seems to be the most like logical in a way, at least for me. You know, I'm like, okay, you can build yeah. a community, you can do this. YouTube is its own beast, but yep. you know, so it, it's like um, it, it's quite a tough job to be a content creator in a way. It sounds like the most easy, fun stuff ever. You just do a video, but it's it's not. <laughs> it's quite stressful. Yeah. At it's, it is like because like I tell people like again go go back to um, remind people of their value is when when a brand is working with a content creator they're essentially hiring like a whole pr production studio in one person and I, and then once I can explain it out like the, people it was like a light bulb turns on like oh yeah you're right I'm like I'm doing the the copy the copywriting I'm doing the uh, the, the the video shooting the editing the uh, you know uh, the customer relationships because I'm I'm you know replying back to comments on these posts you know so all that adds up. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of people are just not fully understanding that that, that detail of, of being a content creator. Um, but what's was kind of cool that there was a lot of, I would say, it's still like the wild, wild west in the content creator space. And there's like, there's, there's a lot of potential for uh, for high growth and high uh, returns from being invested in this space. I think I think it's worth it. But at the end of the day, you still have to have fun. Like if you if you feel like, this is like you know, is a kill in your life. <laughs> like being a content creator, then maybe you need to you know, take a step back and and try to understand what are your goals, what you know, what can you do, um, and kind of go from there. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's not just it's not just all fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's it's fun work, but it's just like it, you have to find that the balance of like this is a collaboration I like and I, I am excited about. Yeah. This one just feels like a chore, and then maybe it's not worth the. Right potential financial benefit of doing it because it's like if it's a chore you're not going to do like a good content mm -hmm. piece anyway i think like it's, it's just a feeling of that creativity gets lost a little bit you know exactly that's like go back to it now nowadays i would prefer long-term partnerships the one that I, I can know i can do multiple things with them and it's not just a one one and done deal uh it just makes more sense on, you know on both ends yeah yeah 100 percent. do you have time to watch any tennis or i mean i know you have a kid as well so it's like you're a busy yeah. life right yeah i, yeah, I have i will almost four-year-old uh, daughter now um but no I, I try to you know watch when i can um it's not as i, I could be better at it um i know you I, you know you uh you talked with uh, eliza like like not, not too long ago I, I know she's really she's like, watching she's, <laughs> like, she's, she's great i i, I a lot of times i can she's almost like uh 
like like she's my my, my cheat code. Like, like, like what's what's going on in the in the, in the tennis world? I oh, let's see what, what she's posting now. And then she like okay, I'm kind of <laughs> what's going on. Um, you know, I you know I check like you know different like like you know like like the, the tennis subreddit for example. So I kind of keep up to date that way. But uh, I just yeah, now it's hard for me to watch like a full match uh, when I have all this other stuff to do. So I usually just catch highlights and call it a day, and that that's good. That's good now. But for some of my more favorite players, like you know when Nadal was 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 playing, hopefully he comes back soon. But I'll I'll watch his match for the whole time. But yeah, yeah, I, not, I think that's not. yeah. But, I think that's the thing with tennis is like what, that you realize the more you talk tennis people in general, like it's okay. Tennis season is crazy long. There's matches all the time. Uh, you can't keep watching. I go to some tournaments every year, maybe like five, six, depends, depends on the schedule. Uh, and then watching live, it's, you know, more fun, but mm-hmm. it, it also tires you out after you watch like three days of tennis. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm dead. You know, I, I, I'm more of a guy who wants to play tennis than watch tennis. Uh, mm-hmm. But so watching is fun. Watching live is better. But most people are connected to their favorite players. So, like in your case, Nadal, for example, I have maybe a group of players that like I want to watch this guy, this girl, this guy, whatever. Sure. But um, it's very much connected to the person. So I think that's something maybe tennis can work better with because it's like so fan driven around. Yeah. Not maybe like a you know not a team sport, but it's like okay, I'm a Musetti guy, or you know right. you're a Rafa guy, and that that's that's where the connection is, and that's where you can build a little bit more maybe uh, engagement around that. I don't know. Right. You kind of remind me, like, I'm assuming you watched uh, the Netflix uh, Breakpoint. Yeah, yeah, recently, yeah. Right. So I know, um, like, I, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I kind of like, uh, you know, read like some of the discussion that people have on on forums and so, like talk about it. Where some people, you know, some tennis folks like, oh, it's not. Like, they, they, they disliked it for one reason or the other. Um, as I mean, my opinion is that I thought they did a good job at opening up you know, potential audience to a sport, and like you said, like it kind of built that personality behind these players. And you felt, you know, even me, you know, as a tennis fan, after watching uh, Breakpoint, I felt, okay, wow, I got to know these players a lot, at a much deeper level. And now when I see them on TV, I'm going to feel more invested in watching that match, you know. So uh, I think you're right on the fact that we kind of continue to build that, those kind of those tennis player personal brands and, and get it out there. And really, that will really build those connections and make more people really want to go out and watch tennis. Um but yeah, that's that, that, that's a special thing that makes like tennis a little bit different from other like team sports, for example. Yeah, exactly. And and so your connection to Rafa, like when did it start? Like how have you? How long have you been like a big Rafa supporter? Uh, well, it started because he, him, and I are the same age. So I I started tennis in in, uh, in high school. So I looked, at, you know, of course I watched tennis at that point. Like, and I was like, why is there a guy who's my my age? He's playing on the pro tour and beating people, and I'm just here, like you know. At the time, I was just like, I'm still like thinking, like second serve, like oh my gosh. So I kind of looked up to him, and he was a, he's a lefty as well. I was like, oh, I'm a lefty. So that so between the age, the leftiness, and I also like his personality in general. It's like it was kind of cool. Um, he, he was just a, you know, he was, I mean, even even to this day, but he's he's, a, he's always I always thought he was a very cool uh, player. Back then, he used to wear those um, what's it called those like pirate. Yeah, yeah. Fire oh pants, yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, wow. no, no one else is doing that. And he was wearing the headband and sleeveless. Yeah, muscles. the sleeveless, right? The sleeveless too, as well. So he just looked like like the non-stereotypical tennis player in my mind. Like people think of tennis players like they have this image, and then I saw Nadal. Like, wow, he's not that. But yeah, so that's how I got uh, really close, like, to him as a player. Um, yeah, who's your favorite player? Is it? Um, <laughs> I have Roger in the background there, but yeah. I, I like I like Rafa and Roger kind of the most, I guess. But then I have a, like a bunch of different players. I respect sure. Novak a huge deal as well, and he yeah. lives here in Malaga, and I'm a friend with his brother, so it's <laughs> there's no option there. But um, but it's like uh, yeah, I think it depends a lot on when you got into tennis, though. So I mm-hmm. got back into tennis when Roger was in its heyday, right? So he was <laughs> like oh four oh five, demolishing everyone. Plays like a you know ballet dancer. And then yeah. you get Rafa, and then he, at the beginning he was a bad guy, and you're like, oh, he's he's ruining Roger with all this topspin. And uh, <laughs> but then he wins you over because he's that good. And it's also, I think tennis. I I see, try to see tennis more from like, how can we market the sport, sell the sport? Like it's a you know a strong passion of mine in, in tennis and, and a big plus in my life, right? So you want to make sure that the sport is packaged the best way if you work with marketing. And players need personalities. And Rafa, okay. for sure, when he came, like with with his outfit, was such a personality. Like yes. he, like you said, he's not the stereotypical tennis player or the typical tennis player. And we need more guys like that, like or girls. Mm-hmm. You know, we need people to stand out. You know, and like 
when you see two Alex Zverev, no, no offense, Zverev, uh, against each other, uh, sometimes you get a bit like, okay, it's this baseline, this, both guys are almost two meters tall in, me, in you know, the metric system and or, or six something. And uh, it, it's not that exciting. You want the contrast. You want someone that looks completely different on the other side of the net from the guy on the other side of that. So it's like that thing, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. The first person that, that when you said that, like that, on, on the women's side, that, that I recently became a much bigger fan is is uh, is Anshabor. Like after after breakpoint, I, I, I connected yeah. from her in, on on the breakpoint shows, and then and then like at the U.S. Open like this past year, like okay, I have to watch her matches because like she's just makes it's and she's so different from the other players. So yeah, sometimes it, it can be a sometimes she goes a little bit too extra on that, but like uh, she does, she is a very uh, entertaining player to watch. So, yeah, we definitely need more. Uh, yeah, I love variety, and, and yeah, that's, that's also my like my play style. I, I just like playing with varieties. I don't like just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, the creativity in a player, and like in in on the WTA tour, it's it's been quite rare sometimes with the creativity because they they are like you know they usually benefits taller women that hit heavy from the baseline, and that's like we had a period when that was you know all that was going on seemingly. Uh, but if you go back, maybe you had Steffi Graf, you have Henin Hardan, who were playing a little bit more of a different style. But now the women's tennis is probably the best it's ever been in terms of diversity, and there's a lot of different types of players. Ons is, is, uh, is a great one. Sadly, Ash Barty quit, but like also had a oh. different style, you know? Yeah. Uh, so so it's tennis, women's tennis is in a, in a good spot, I think. Maybe not financially from the WTA, right. but it's like right. <laughs> from from playing and from the players, right. it, looks, it looks very good at the moment, right? I agree, and then I think I think on the ATP side, starting to get it's getting there. I'm starting to see like, oh wow, like suddenly, finally, like some of the newer players are actually making a difference in the landscape. Yeah. So, no, I, th- I think it's still a pretty good time for to be a, a tennis fan. I know, like some people were like, oh, after like the you know like uh, once once the, like the big you know, the big three are, are gone for the sport, like it's gonna go downhill. But I don't know. I feel I feel like there's a lot of. Uh, uh, there's a lot to be excited for in the future years. There's a lot of great players out there uh, on both you know, ATP and WTA side. So, yeah, I think in that sense, tennis is doing really well. It's like you saw Sinner now like beat Djokovic <clears throat> twice, singles, doubles, and just amazing performance. Uh, Alcaraz, obviously, like uh, always a smile on his face, just like mm-hmm. a great mix of Fed and Rafa, kind of. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting players, and that's a whole group of players below that like level, the yes. top, top. So... Tennis is, in that sense, in a good space, I think. And, and the women's yeah. is also very diverse. So it's, um, and then it's just like, how do we package it so right. it reaches the most amount of people in a time where people have less time to watch TV and TV is not really on in the same way it was, you know, with Netflix and everything. No, exactly. And um, that's why I'm also like, I'm always open to like new formats in tennis. I know, like, so again, some peers do, do not like that, but I do kind of like seeing the mix-up. Uh, was, was it like the UTS? Uh, was that recently? Yeah, like that. Like I like seeing those kind of mix-up. You know, before in in, a, in the stage we had a, a lot of world team tennis teams uh, where they did they played a slightly different format. I like that because like, it, it makes it a little more interesting. So and it, it's it's shorter as well. It's a little more easier for like the general population to watch. Um, so I welcome seeing more of those innovations in, in this sport. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's room for it. So you, I mean, obviously the tennis calendar is packed with events i think sometimes maybe less is more in a way like it's they can find other ways of dealing with the tour because it's like maybe you can have round robins a bit more so you can actually go to a tournament and you know your favorite player is going to have at least three matches for example Mm -hmm. so so you have that kind of element of it um or find a way to more evenly distribute the money that way because the structure now is like tournaments every week people travel like crazy and and it doesn't feel like super sustainable the way it's formatted at the um, moment. Just, just my right. feeling, right? I agree. I was gonna say um, when we talk about like, yeah, where how like, how is ATP, how, how WTA like at the top level? They look they look good, but yeah, at, at the yeah the lower level, like you know hundred you know see like hundred and, and below rankings, there's definitely a lot of uh, yeah, it's not sustainable the way it is for sure. Like I think we're losing a lot of uh, potentially like great players because of the uh, the grind of the sport. So uh, yeah, it, it's it, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see like the things like the, the, the PTPA. Yeah, PTPA are doing as far as like really getting the message out there, and um, there just needs to be a little more balance in in how compensation is done uh, amongst the lower levels players. So yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah, and I feel like I heard a lot more of that this past year. I'm not sure that's that's just me. Uh, but I mean, you feel like you've been hearing a lot more of that of that this past year. 
Yeah, I think there's there's stuff happening. I mean, now I heard like rumors with the Saudis coming mm-hmm. in and like you know mixing up the tours and stuff like that. I don't know what's gonna happen there. And uh, that feels a little bit um, like it's gonna make maybe a big change. Might be good, might be bad. Who knows? Right. It's hard to know, really. Um, but but there's gonna be a lot of changes. I feel like in in the coming year or so. I think you have to be like the world is is in a kind of you know fast moving situation right now. Whatever it is, so it's like you you have to be pretty ready to adapt to whatever no, is sure. thrown at you, you know? For sure. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I understand you don't have... I, I'm the same. Like, I, I don't watch that much. I watch a little bit, and I try to keep up with the highlights and everything. Uh, sometimes if it's, you know, I see that, okay, on the live score app or whatever, there's, like, going to be a whole match, you know, then mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it. But uh, it, it's not... It's quite time-consuming to follow a test yes. store. Like, yes, it's it is. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, like, I, 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 have a, I have a kid, I have a full-time job, I have, I'm doing a lot, it's, 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 just, it's tough. So, um, it just, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, as I said, like, I, I can't, I can't, I, I mean, I give kudos to people that can, that can watch, like, matches throughout the whole year, the full matches, I just, I, like, that's not my lifestyle, unfortunately, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, so, when it comes to, I mean, you have a lot of rackets on the wall, you're a Wilson guy, um, what, what do you play with? You play with the Clash or something? Yeah, um, so I mean, I used to use like Pro Staff for a while, um, you know, nine five scrunch, and then, and then you know, when, when I uh, you know got the partnership with uh, Wilson, the class was kind of just coming out, and I tried it, like, oh, this actually feels pretty good. And like initially, I was I was worried about the hundred square inch uh, frame, but like it wasn't like that big of a change once I started playing with it. Uh, and so I, you know, ever since then, I just really like that feel of the Clash racket. I know again, it kind of depends on the player. Like some people don't like that feel, but for me personally, I, I do like that that pocketing feel of the racket. Uh, and no. I try to switch. Like I try out different rackets. Like I mean, I try the like the shift racket or the ultra blade. And I mean, they're okay, but like I, I still go back to the class. I think if I had to change back, it, it would be the pro staff. That's when I felt the most comfortable outside of the clash. Um, but yeah, they, I, I, you know, I've used them throughout my whole tennis life, um, and you know, I, I'm still I open to try out different rackets but so far Wilson has been pretty good for me personally yeah. yeah and it gets tough to change once you've kind of connected to a feel or a performance or you know where the ball is going like from that and also the clash has a very yes. specific feel right so it's hard to if you like it it's it's hard to mm-hmm. find it anywhere else you don't find that kind of feel in any other modern rackets right. really right I, now. I, I, yeah exactly exactly um like i mean at one point i did try to use a babylon racket because again like I, I like nadal and he was using a babylon racket and I, I, I tried for, and like, oh god, I, I, I just don't like. It, it felt so different, so off for me. So like, okay, after that, I went back to Wilson. So I think that was the one other time that I had considered trying a racket and then immediately switched back to Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can see that happening. It's, it's, it's a lot for this, the same for for a lot of people. Whether your level, you know, it's like you try something and I want to go back to what you already know. It's, it's with everything, right? You have this kind of muscle memory built yes. up for years, and you're suddenly going right. to change that. Exactly, exactly. Oh, what, what what brackets do you use? Uh, since I test all the time, I use everything, but I have like an old head pro stock, like that's the Karat 7, you know, Mario used called the PT7A. It's my uh-huh. standard okay. bracket nowadays, okay. but it's it, since I test everything yeah. on the market, it, uh, it it gets a little bit tricky to, to right, stay right. well. <laughs> you know, you're always testing something new, new strings, new rackets all the time. I have like a hundred rackets in the world oh, over there, so it's like, uh, you know, just you're testing around yes. too much, uh, but I'm always curious, you know, and you're stringing yourself, right? As well, yes. so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I started in college with like a like a clipper mate at the time, the drop weight clipper mate, and I mean they're, they're, they're good for it for what it was. Yeah. I mean it was I mean I was a yeah, I, didn't have, I didn't have a lot of money back then, so that was that worked out pretty well. And then um, you know I, I worked at a uh, uh, at a club for like a couple of years after after uh, uh, college, and that's, that's where I got more serious into it. That's when I became like the main stringer for the club. Uh, eventually, um, I bought a, a Prince Neos, which I still have behind me. Um, I am looking to upgrade it. Eventually, like soonish, <laughs> like I've, I've been kind of eyeing like the like the you know like the Wilson Bayardo. Um, I've been yeah I, yeah, but it's it's a uh, it's an investment. And I, I had to kind of convince my wife like, hey, uh, can I go ahead and treat myself to this? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've been drinking for um, I guess like 15, 15, 16 years now. Um, still learning new things with it. I, 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 most of the time, I, I, I guess one thing I, I, I call myself out for this one, like I. I recently did a stringing video on, on TikTok, where right? and I, I was showing people, people were very curious about how uh, stringing works. By the way, if you ever go to 
on TikTok, there's so many, um, it's very interesting. It's a different dynamic where on Instagram, there's most of my people that follow me, they, they know tennis or they play tennis, but, but on TikTok, most are more like very much like beginner or like had no knowledge of like, I was, there's one video that blew up because I, I cut out the strings, my racket and people were confused. They were like, like, how do you play tennis with that racket now? It's broken. <laughs> so I, I, I thought like, like you're supposed to just restring it and people were, it, 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 blew their mind like you're supposed to restring rackets so I, so, so I did a, a stringing video and like yeah so i just showed like okay i feel pretty confident in my stringing abilities but i, I don't one thing i didn't do was i forgot to pre-stretch the string that i was using and it, you can tell that in the video like okay it, it was definitely a little more springer than it should be i wasn't used to stringing like um it, it was a multi-filament string but i wasn't used to stringing on the mains for this one racket i, I should i normally string like the poly string so i completely forgot to pre-string it uh pre-string it but uh, but otherwise, I'm still, you know, I, I love stringing. I still constantly try to learn. I try to get more, you know, new stuff. I stay educated. Um, I mean, I recently joined the, what's it, the GRSA? Uh, yeah, I recently yeah. joined that. So I need to go through their videos and see, make sure that I'm doing everything correctly as well. I, I mean, I, I learned from uh, uh, my former high school coach who taught me. I, I felt like he did a good job at teaching me. But, you know, as I'm, you know, throughout the years, I, I know it's like, there's definitely like, different people do slightly different things. And yeah, you know, sometimes I, 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 I'm not sure. Like, am I doing it the correct way? <laughs> Is it a more correct way to do it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you string rackets, like yeah, yeah, I have a machine here actually, boy, where I'm sitting, and it, it's a good one. I'm, I'm happy with it. That's I had uh, some sort of electronic head machine. Uh, yeah, I string. I have to string like with the testing. You know, I although I have friends that Nikki like strings for for you know Novak and stuff like that. Uh, I still prefer like having it at home so I can just. You know, oh, tomorrow I have to go out. I have yes. to crack to test. It's just, and also when you're testing strings, you want to test maybe different combinations of the string. You might want to test different tensions. So in the end, you you really need it. It's fast for me to just go and boom, 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 right. I'm done. You know, but it's it's it pretty. Re it, it's it's boring. I find it very boring, but it's also relaxing well, in a way, right? Yeah, okay. So it's like. like I was gonna ask you, like, yeah, about that. Like, how? What do you? What's your routine when you string rackets? Uh, I think you know it's different from like a like a turbine stringer where like they have to like you know they have to you know, crank out a bunch of rackets. You know, for me, I mean, I string like here and there. It's not as urgent. So what I usually do is like I'm stringing like I'm stringing back, and then I'm watching a show at the same time. So I'm like I'm not you know. Like, for me, it's like it's kind of calming, relaxing. Uh, I'm so very focused on stringing, but like I have this in the background. Okay, I can I can do both at the same time without much issues. Like, I'm not, what, what do you do normally when you're stringing brackets? Yeah, that's kind of what I do. I like I I put on like either oh, yeah. a podcast or I watch something. You know, maybe there's a tennis match going on. There's some tennis TV on, or you know, and I'll, because then it. I mean, sometimes it's good to just let your brain be free and just yeah. be around. You know, it's like one of the things they talk about in in a lot of modern books now. It's like how it's good to mind wander a bit because in today's society, we, we don't let our minds wander. We're always running from one thing or then it's a screen, you know, with the hand, always mobile, right? But uh, but yeah, I, I tend to watch something because I, I I do one racket, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Two rackets, I'm starting uh -huh. to get bored. Three rackets, I'm okay, right. that's annoying right. now. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like that, yeah, let the mind wander. I mean, that's I, I do that as well yeah, because it also helps with my creative process. Sometimes, like, things just... I mean, I, I, a lot of times that happens at nighttime when I'm, right, right before I fall, I fall asleep and like, that's an idea. <laughs> and I like, quickly write it down in my like my, my notes. And, okay, excellent. <laughs> but no. Yeah, you should, I, the mind wandering for creative creativity, that's like the main purpose of it. Because I think if you're constantly distracted by a screen or, or uh, something, or a person, or whatever it is, uh, you're not allowing yourself to just be in the moment and letting your mind right. go somewhere, you know? And like, that's why people have ideas when they're in the shower. Because suddenly their brain is the only thing that's really mainly active. Like it's just in a kind of a dormant stage. So it, it runs wild, which is how it should be, right? You should allow your brain to be, you know, usually in the shower, you come, ah, oh, yeah, I couldn't do it like this. Or I can do that, actually. Because lately I, I got a, I've been kind of, uh, I, in the shower, I have a phone holder. Like it's, on the, it's on the far side of the shower. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm just watching TikTok so as, I, as I'm taking a shower. <laughs> but I should probably just like, sometimes it's like, no, nothing. Just just take a shower and then just let my mind wander. Um, yeah, I think it's good. How how bad is your uh, social media, you know, uh, addiction? Like <laughs> I mean, everybody has it, but it's like how bad? Is how it? bad is it? I get, I think that kind of depends on who you talk to. <laughs> I'm sure like, my wife, for example, who's like not into social media at all. Like she, probably, you know, initially she had a um, some concerns of how how often I, I I'm on my phone, but then especially this past year, once I said, hey. I have this partnership and oh, I'm, I'm uh, generating this much of revenue. Like, 
She's like, okay, you can keep on doing that. That's a good hobby. <laughs> but like, I mean, I'm not on it as much recently, as much as I, I mean, I, I used to be. I used to be more like, I have to like, um, uh, I used to be the person that I, I go from like the, my main feed and I'll scroll through and I I'll, I'll try to hit up like literally everyone that I see on there until it gets to the very end. Uh, but nowadays it's, it's so much harder to do that. Especially like, like on, on Instagram, they're not putting like a lot of a different suggested posts, which you know, I think there's the pros and cons of that, but it's more, it's like, it's more endless nowadays. It's not, it's not, it's not a clear stop. So um, I don't do that as much because it just takes too much time. Uh, I do, I do have like a, I said like a, like a favorites list where like there's some like careers that I, I want to make sure I get to them at the very least. Um, but yeah, and I, I, then I try my best to for everyone else, but it, it is, it's tough. Over time, like it just, it's hard to always catch up with everybody when you have like, it just, it just gets harder as you go on, as you get more followers. It's hard to keep, you know, keep keep track of everyone. But I do try my best. I, I, definitely, I have one rule, I have a couple rules actually for um, my social media is that if anyone like, comments on my page and it's like a, it's, it's like a real comment on like, like you know, I, I'll, I'll definitely like, reply back to, I want to make sure that they, I acknowledge that I did see their comment and I, I try my best to even go to their page and do some type of engagement, check them out. Um, again, I always go back to thinking, uh, you know, social media is the first part. It's social. It's a, uh, you have to, it's, it's not a one way street. Um, you know, it's like some, I know it's like some careers, it's, it literally, it's like, just like, they just kind of, they, they just say something and they don't ever respond to their fans. And I, I, you know, I know on my end, when I follow careers like that, you know, unless I'm really, really interested in them over, after a while, I'll, I'll become disconnected. Like, okay. Uh, I want to like, unfollow them because I don't really feel close to them at all. But as soon as that person like responds back to one comment, like, oh my God, that's not like they respond back. Okay. So yeah, I, I kind of keep that in mind. Like as I'm, as I'm. As whatever whatever happens as I continue to grow, that I want to make sure I still I keep that level headed. Like okay, I, you know, I want to make sure I still respond to people and, and so forth. So I'm not how 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 do you handle like social media? Yeah, kind of like that. I mean, it's for me, it's been becoming a little bit tough to manage all the racket questions. Yeah. So even you're in the racket gear space, you know, a lot. Like I, I'm not full 100 in that, but but mainly, and it's been like that over the years. I get so many questions about like, should I is the speed more powerful than a pure strike? Is the blade more powerful than the, like sure. or whatever you know? More can I get more spin from this string with I lower the tension to mm -hmm. fifty pounds? Stuff like that, and I, I I have maybe you know I have hundreds every week, right? So it's impossible to keep up with this on YouTube and Instagram and then Facebook yeah. and so on. So uh, I I just have to kind of leave some people hanging. Just I I mean, but I try to when I'm there, I try to engage with the people that are leaving good yep. comments, questions, respectful stuff. But to give like detailed right. advice, what I really suffered from sometimes is that you, you answer one question and you open up Pandora's box of like a billion other questions that just, oh, I have you on the line sure. now. Now let's go. Do you ever like um, take those like questions, like eventually like the more like more common ones and make that into like a content, a like video content idea that you just make a video? I, I, I've done, but I should do more. I should do like a bit more like that's, that's a better way of doing it. And I think people would maybe appreciate that you do that as right. well, right? Like that you actually like value their question and you make sure that everybody can get the answer because it's not just one person so it's actually the best way of making i know one thing that at the beginning of the conversation you mentioned you you, you didn't quite understand tiktok at work well that that could be one way you could handle it is that you like that's how you you make tiktok videos just literally just you talking uh, of that like we respond to these questions and yeah. um it, on tiktok it's more um a lot i guess it, it's more uh, allowed people to do that like i'm not on instagram it's so we're quite a little bit more polished but on instagram you can just on tiktok you can just go in like yeah just shoot a, a video you're just talking uh maybe have some captions on but that's like a, a lot of accounts can just blow up from from just from that because uh, you're great that's so, you know, yeah no no it's like because it, tiktok sometimes feels like if you're not this is just my my old hat feeling but it's like it's if you're not following a trend or using a, a like a popular sound yeah. it's tough to get any traction so that used anything, to say, you know? Back to what I was saying earlier, like how that used to be how it was on TikTok, and then it has evolved over time. It used to be on TikTok, it's like a short video, quick trend, dance, or you know, follow something. Now, it's, now they're even on TikTok. We might open it up, it says, Hey, uh, you should make a minute long or a minute video or, or longer videos now. Uh, that's that those tend to be have higher growth, and it, it's true. As I've been watching more videos, like now you see a trend of much longer videos where people are like that are not going whatever topic that they're talking about. They just have like monologues <laughs> about things. And it's actually kind of engaging. I, I find myself uh, discovering new, like, I, I think it could definitely work for you because you're definitely very knowledgeable in this space. But like, you know, I find myself 
you know, randomly scrolling through and like, oh, I'm, I'm suddenly like, like, why am I watching like five or six videos on how to put like a, like a caulk on, on, on a house or something or like, how to, you know, like random topics that I never thought I would be interested in. I think that that's, that's how my, my, my page, like some people find me is like, they just randomly find me from something else, like a search term on, on TikTok and it got to my page and then they ask me questions and okay, I respond back and then they just kind of build from there. Uh, and it, again, it also gives me good ideas for future content generation. Like I can make something like that on TikTok where it's more kind of raw and then I could maybe take snippets or polish it a little bit and put it on, on Instagram. So there's some, uh, it, it works out <laughs> both ways. So yeah, I think you would be... Cool. You would, you would yeah. well. I mean, like, are you very active on TikTok, like more than Insta or are you no, just kind of both? Uh, I would say so on, I'm, I'm more, I'm definitely more in, uh, uh, active on Instagram, especially for content creation. Um, TikTok, uh, I'm more active as far as like randomly scrolling around and like finding stuff. Uh, you know, for a while I used to like, like grab like, like different ideas or, or concepts from TikTok originally. And then I bring them on to uh, Instagram. So like for, for example, like, like two, three years back, uh, like the concept of even just like like lip syncing to a song or whatever, where it was you make kind of relatable. It wasn't quite uh, there on Instagram just yet. So I started doing some of that um, to get grab some ideas from TikTok and bring it on to Instagram. And then nowadays you see a lot more of it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's something that I kind of borrowed originally from from TikTok. So I still use TikTok just to kind of for fun and scroll through things. I I, should, I don't I don't do much tennis watching like tennis content watching on TikTok. Funny enough. So all my t- tennis stuff is on on Instagram. But it goes back to what I said. Like most time on on TikTok, I just, I just find there's a lot, there's a much more um, uh, knowledgeable tennis people on there. It's a, it's, a, it's a different audience that you're speaking to. So like you like yeah, like that's what I think. I think it'd be kind of interesting if you kind of start doing some TikTok where you start explaining like basic stuff. Like hey, did you know that lowering or, or increasing your tension of your racket changes things? You might blow you know blow people some people's mind. Like when well, you can do that. <laughs> like I, I I find that that's kind of Making the visit. Oh yeah, you didn't know that. You can clip. You know, you, you can clip this way, or or you can put different strings, or yeah, or rackets actually matter. Like that was that was a big question. Like people are like, oh, like a racket. All rackets are the same. Like, mm. <laughs> and like, and they're serious. They're, they're serious. Like, think that that's true. But you you, know, you you won't find it on on Instagram, but like on TikTok, yeah. So I, I, I treat it as like a, an opportunity to educate, and I think people really legitimately legitimately learn from that experience. Like, okay, yeah, but, oh, I learned something new to, today. You know. Um, so that's you know. So every once in a while, I do still make I still make content on on, on TikTok. I should be more consistent on there, but I kind of yeah. I, I should be more consistent on there, but I I, I, have, I have thought about uh, doing more on there uh, probably like next year. <laughs> but I, yeah, once I kind of build up some uh, uh, some structure in my day, I'm still kind of because I recently changed jobs uh, back in January, so I'm still kind of figuring out what's the flow of it. So I think next year I'll have a better idea of what the sense of what I can do. Yeah. What, what do you work with now? Are you like in data or what? What do you work? Yeah, so, um, so I'm in the, I'm starting like a nonprofit world. So I, I work. Uh, so the, the the place I work at is a it's a a medtech breast cancer research and advocacy group, but they do most of um like fundraising through the sport of volleyball. So you know, so I've, I've actually been working with I know right. Wow. So actually, I, I change sports kind of, uh, but so I mostly work with like a lot of volleyball, like high school uh, girls teams or colleges on raising funds for. Wow. Um, for medtech breast cancer research, um, and that's what we do. So uh, it's been it's been great. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I can sort of say like, yeah, I'm I'm helping with trying to cure cancer uh, in, in my work. So I, I have a lot of um, um, a lot of interest in, personally, uh, but but you know, I can still do my tennis stuff on the side, which I appreciate. Well, so were you always like a driven around like making a difference in? I mean, you were like one of the themes around you seems yeah. to be very grass grassroots. Like you want to. You know, now you're working with breast cancer is kind of heavy topic, but it's it's like you're actually feeling. I'm I'm sure that you're doing something very good. It's not like you're working for a finance right. company and trying to have them get one percent more, you know, baseline every year. So it was that always a strong drive in you that you wanted to do something that is actually beneficial on a kind of bigger picture. I, I would say I've, I've always been more motivated by those those things versus like like monetary. Uh, things I, I would say I'm still motivated by, by money, but here, of course, like I want this, but uh, I'm still I'm motivated by like at the end of the day, like I want to make sure that I am um, really helping the world uh, with what I can do, and uh, whether it's like just like organizing things or just like you know, spreading the, the word on something. Uh, that's always been the, my more like primary motivator, and as I mean, go back to the social media side, 
uh, I've always been involved in, I've always been involved in social media in some capacity. So like I was, for example, involved in, on a blogging site for a while. It was not tennis related, but I always kind of liked that idea of just that community building. It's like a, connecting people from all around the country, the world, um, on, on like on topics that, that that's relatable for those folks. And I, I just, I just love seeing that, the, like just the possibilities like that can come out of that. Um, like, for example, like, you know, back in the day when I was on the, the like the blogging platform, I, I did some in-person meetups at a time where, where at the time that was really more unheard of. Like you didn't really do that. Like people just stayed on social media. They, just, they were just there. But now like I probably brought like this, this other layer of connection is like, okay, we can set up some meetups with these people. Um, and nowadays it's a little more common, but yeah, that, that was something that I really just enjoyed is just seeing people connect and, uh, you know, forming friendships, a relationship for, you know, for the whole lifetime possibly, you know, that's always been my, my primary motivation. That's cool. That's great. I, I think it's an interesting time we're in because like social media and I would say meta, you know, with their quest and their focus on like bringing VR and, and being able to kind of connect people, but virtually, um, I mean, and that's so there's always been like now, at least recently, been a word that we're like disconnecting people by actually people not seeing each other. Like, there's a big, like, loneliness sure. epidemic they talk about a lot. But there's always ways to use social media technology in a way that you meet people. Like, I see, I used to work in like the dating industry, right? Like, some years back. And, and you can use technology in having people actually meet up, sure. get married, or, or just like meet friends or find tennis partners or whatever. So, you can use the technology for, social right. outcomes right so I, I that's interesting that you mentioned that that it's like you can actually use that blogging platform or whatever to get people right. to meet up and right that's, that's, you know, i've always been kind of like that with you know social media or just like even like um like you know like a video calls like this like i actually was um, working remotely throughout all my tennis career like even before pandemic i used i, I did it all the time um so and I, like i said I, I worked in the community space i have to form relationships i think there are ways that you can still uh, gain some uh connections through these different platforms uh, you know virtually what have you um and, and just, you just have to kind of understand the, the pros and cons of everything and um it just all kind of works out uh if you continue to keep that in mind like yeah it's still you still building relationships even if it's like virtually or whatever whatever um but then they, you can still have these in-person meetings and then like all the people that i meet up with uh um in person that i met originally from instagram for example i just feel like when i, when I meet with them there's no difference like, like okay it's like it just, it just, I, I don't feel any different from my maybe they do but like i feel like okay i'm just talking to them again like like eliza for example <laughs> like i use her example like uh, i met for a first time at the u.s open but I, I felt like i've known her for a while because we've been connected online so um i always it made for me personally that's how i always felt with social media it's just it's just another way of connecting but um yeah it's not yeah there's a lot, there's a lot of positives that can come from from social media I, people always talk about the like you know addiction or things that can go bad but I, i've always seen a lot of the positives <laughs> with these with these things yeah yeah glass half full i think I'm, I'm similar in that sense like for example yesterday i had um Luca here from me. I live in Mar South mm -hmm. Spain, Marbella, and uh, which is a good tennis place, like sunny year round pretty much, and lots of courts. And uh, that's why a lot of pros come here. So we have Novak living here. We have Chapo always training here as a house here and stuff like that. Chapovalo, so a lot of players here. But um, no, Luca is, is uh, the kind of community creator for uh, rackets and runners. It's like a Canadian yeah. uh, company. Um, so he was like, oh, I've been following Tennis Nerd for uh, several years. You know, I'm a big fan. You want to play? I'm going to drive down from Seville, which is like two and a half hours, which in American terms is not that far, but in European terms is yeah. far. <laughs> and so, so he drove down and uh, and we played right. for like two hours and we had some beers afterwards. It's super nice. So then it's like, he's only seen me on, on YouTube. I've seen him only on YouTube. But then you meet up and you've you feel familiar it's not like this is exactly. a stranger now it's like a complete different entity here you know it's like you you know pretty much the personality but then you get to know mm -hmm. them a bit better right so I, I think you're right on the money there that it's like once you've had a chat online or via skype or or zoom or whatever that's some kind of connection yes, anyway right? exactly correct <laughs> so so what do you have any ideas that's an interesting thing i've been thinking about like one of the frustrations i feel like people have generally like in tennis is that you need another partner to play with, or maybe three, depending if you play doubles, you need three more people. Is there, how do people find each other in, in the US, for example, or in your region? Like, how do you find people to practice? Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, so there, I mean, there's, so, there's several ways. Uh, so um, if, if someone asked me this question, I would say, okay, well, 
I mean, like, one is if you go to just go to tennis court some, sometimes, like, you just go to tennis court and you see someone else hitting, like, say, just join them at one point, and then you can get their contacts and you can play. Uh, we do have, like, a meetup, I mean, the, the app meetup app, uh, that there's some tennis groups that are formed there. There are just some, there's some local, um, like, uh, grassroots groups that, that, that have uh, programs in, in the area. So, like, in, in my county, there's, like, a local tennis association that, uh, that they do have. They, they help they, they run the leagues in the area so that's another way to get to know people obviously through usta and yeah, you join the leagues or the tournament that that could be a way to you know form some connection or get to get you yet uh build your network of tennis players in the area that are your, your level um and then you know, online forums sometimes that there's, there's some options i know there's also some apps that can be helpful um they're not they're out there there's like there's multiple ones out there but you can you can like find a local players in your area um, I'll say there's not like always a one thing that you should do. You should always just do multiple things to form those uh, connections. Um, yeah, but I think like, I, like for me personally, like lately, like I, I you know, since moving to relatively new area, I just go to the tennis court sometimes. Okay, just people playing around the same time that I'm not, I'm out there, and, and I say, hey, let's let's connect some time, let's play. So I uh, just a lot a lot of times just just go out to tennis court. <laughs> it's like I, I practice serve for a little bit. No, oh, someone else is playing. I practice serve. Like, oh, let's, let's hit. So. Yeah, that's how I do it, personally. Yeah, I think tennis is one of those great connector sports. I guess there are other sports as well that do that, but team sports, you need so many. But right? tennis, you can actually, you know, like you said, practice serves. You can go with a ball machine. There's some guy or girl, like, milling around, and then you'll be like, okay, let's play. Or if you join a league, you might find people in the league that you play with that, oh, we're about the same level. Let's play more on a regular basis. Or maybe you want to hit some other time. So. And, and tennis people, in my experience, generally quite easygoing. So it's not like, I mean, some people are too competitive. That's I've ranted about that before. <laughs> but, but I go back to the question, like how I, I mostly stayed in the community space. I, I definitely have heard stories in the the, the, the higher performance level, like the competitive tennis side, where, yeah, that, that that's a whole other like, conversation. But yeah, it, it can definitely get uh, very serious. I, I find that in the community space, a lot of people are just happy to be on court and they just want to try and play. So that, that's, that's how I've been. Yeah, well, I'm just happy to be on the court to play. Same, like I, I've struggled with that because I played these ITF seniors events. Like sometimes you have ex futures <laughs> players and and like high level players, like and they're all super competitive. Like the story or your line call after one game and stuff like that. And and I'm there to have right. fun and just like try to like I'm seeing tennis as a kind of a way to have fun and yes. get exercise and have yes. a social experience as well. So you're meeting someone, you're you're hitting balls, you're applauding each other's shots. That was a great shot. You know, but some people they go just like I'm gonna stroke my ego, you know. <laughs> so, so today. And that that's sometimes I, I think that can also be a detractor for new people. Like my mother is is getting into tennis and I'm coaching her and my father's already playing, but uh, and I can see that if she's joining a group of like mixed doubles or whatever, and there's people who are very judgmental of a new player or beginner or an intermediate player, then it, it's tough. Like so you need to kind of let that guard down a little bit and have, let people yeah. have fun and not be so yeah, so that's that's me. If you're in my area, like you're, I want to hit. Like that, I'm, I'm, I'm very much like that. It's, like I can play with people from, from all different levels. Um, I, I'll find some way to enjoy it. So it's, I'm not like, oh, it feels like someone's like a, a beginner. I'll, I'll find a way to to make a fun experience for both of us in some way. So yeah, like I said, I just, I just, I'm just happy that I can get, be, I can be on court because, like I said, I, I have a kid, I have some work. Like if I can find time to get back to be on court and actually play, I'm, just, I'm, I'm already happy i reached my goal of being on the court that's that's me <laughs> yeah yeah it's a great experience I, I think that is a true essence of an ambassador for the sport as well like to have that i want to spread joy around this sport and around people enjoying mm -hmm. it and stuff like that so uh, so i think that's great and i, I know you've been pressed for time so it's a great way to end the conversation if, if you want to do that and uh and uh, i really urge everyone to to follow your channels they're great like you do some really funny videos with some good insights and that's easy to relate to. I think it's relatable tennis content is something that's not always out there because there's a lot of expert, there's a lot of coaching sure. advice, but kind of relatability, I think we need. Sure, sure, tennis. exactly. That, that's how I kind of try to differentiate myself a little bit on uh, on Instagram is where I'm actually coming in like, okay, what, I mean, there, there are a lot of, like, at the time I saw like there's a lot of like uh, high level coaches that were providing some tips and then there's like some, High level play, like, like like junior players, oftentimes I see they're they're making content, but there was there's a, there's a niche that within the tennis niche that could use more content. So I, I started with more relatable content, and I do I, you know, I try to make do a mixture of things. So I do some relatable content, I do some uh, educational content as well. Um, not necessarily always about like specific like stroke skills, but more like other stuff like 
how to wrap a tennis racket. I mean, these these are things that are important for tennis people to know um, that I have some knowledge on. So I try to share that, and you know, and, and, and you know, and I should start continue doing that. And I'm trying, I'm, just, I'm still always experimenting with different uh, things that that to post up. So like, I I want to make sure it doesn't get stale. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like, yeah, I still like to you know, no, form, it, it, whatever content that can connect to people. That's and then that that's a good content for me. So yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, this used to be kind of close to your birth. I always notice, like, when you're doing a certain type of content as a creator, I think it, it no matter how much you try, you're going to show sure. off your personality and what your preferences are. So, I mean, if you're a, a guy who likes engaging and, and educating in a positive, easygoing way, that's going to, even if you do other types of content, it's always going to shine right. through that, right? Like, that's, that's who right. you are as, as a creator, as a person. Yep, right? so yep absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm still having a uh... A good time doing it. I'm so uh, enjoying the, the, all the different connections I'm making. So, I'll, as far as I know, I'm, I'm still going to continue doing this for, for a while. So, yeah, hope you all. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, I guess should I do a plug for myself? I guess like yeah, you want to follow me? You can. Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram right now. Uh, it's, it's Alex Chan Tennis. I'm also on TikTok as Alex Chan Tennis as well. Um, but yeah, uh, feel free to follow me. Um, I'm going to continue to do some more stuff next year. I have some things planned uh, that I, I don't want to release just yet, but I am trying to do a bit more stuff. I'm going to try to create, like, I guess one um, uh, sneak peek is I'm, I'm going to try to create a, a, some some content that people can, like, download, like some 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 guides for people that can use for, uh, not just for tennis, but also as a content creator, like how to be a better content creator in general. So I'm, I'm, all, I'm kind of leaning a little more into that space to, like, help others. Uh, I, I, I answer, like, I... I, I, I a lot of conversations I have in DMs are for better creators. Like people ask me, how, do, how, how should I do this? Or how should I approach this this brand or whatever? Um, so I figure I'm gonna, I might add that to part of my uh, content uh, delivery is like also, like, it's, it's very meta. Like, like it's like teaching content creation for tennis people. It's so niche, but I think there's a value for that to be out there as well. Yeah, hope you all, you know, enjoy this conversation that I had today. And um, yeah, it was, it was great chatting today too. A lot of great conversation, conversation topics. Thanks, man. Yeah, you have yeah. a nice day now. And uh, say hi to the DC area. I hope to be back. Right here, let me know. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, with some balls for sure. I mean, it's always fun. I, w- I would was planning to go to was the Open, but it didn't work out. It's like in a weird spot oh, okay. in the calendar. It's also insanely hot around that time. So, <laughs> But the US yes. Open would be nice to go next year for sure. I'm at the US Open every year. Maybe, yeah. So, yeah, well, who knows? Maybe we'll see each other there. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. No, I need to to go to, to the States in a, in a bit. I haven't been in a few years. So Great. It's important. All right. Have a nice day, Mike. Bye, Claire. Bye.